What's up? It's your boy, Ruby Rube, coming at you from the Gathering Strength Podcast. Vietis equity iundo. We gather strength as we go. You already know where I'm broadcasting from. Representing Livermore, California, home to a bunch of wineries, home to rolling hills, and a couple crackheads. Today, I have a doozy of an episode. Now, I finished a book a few days ago, a classic, and this book was recommended to me by a huge, a huge social media influencer, Aunt Bev. Beverly Mahone is her, is her God-given name, but she's known as Aunt Bev on TikTok and on Instagram, and collectively, she has over 1.2 million followers, subscribers. She is 65 years old, she's an educator, and we connected based on a mutual love and respect and admiration for vocabulary, for words. Fascinating stuff. Now, I was blessed to be able to leverage my social media, and I reached out to her. I just threw a shot in the dark. I was like, hey, I like what you're doing over there. I have a similar concept on my podcast where I offer words of the day, these power words. And I was like, hey, will you be willing to come onto my podcast? And she graciously enough said yes. And we connected and we had... I, I conducted an interview, and she recommended this one book that really opened up her her mind a little bit more. And within this book, she came across the word vicissitudes, and this word for her unlocked some power because, after all, words are power, knowledge is power. And the more that you empower yourself by understanding vocabulary, the more the world opens up to you and the firmer grasp of reality you can obtain for yourself. Now this word, vicissitude, that was a word that she didn't understand at first, uh, at first appearance, but she was able to figure out by her process that the definition of vicissitude is the ups and downs of life, primarily the lows. And life, you are going to have to be able to traverse through the vicissitudes of life because that's just part of the human condition. And if you are a human, you're going to have those ups and downs. It doesn't matter where you are. You can be a member of the royal family, a member of a billion trillionaire family and you're still going to have problems. Money doesn't solve all your problems. Money and fame and power and fortune, that can just introduce new types of problems. Biggie Smalls, he's the one who said, more money, more problems. And you know what? Man, I don't need any more problems. I have everything that I need. I just need to be able to work with what I have and use all my assets and know-how as leverage. So, here's where I'm at today, your boy Ruby Rube, creating a podcast, writing books, doing all that I can to set myself up 
for a brighter future, a brighter tomorrow. Meanwhile, in the present, hey, I'm enjoying everything that I have. I'm riding my vicissitudes of life just fine. And these days, I have arrived at a mental state to where I don't even take losses anymore. I don't take L's. I, I, I can't lose. Now, I say that knowing that a catastrophic moment can engulf my whole world. I can be uh, enraptured in some horrible news. But hey, man, as of right now, things are good. And I'm building myself up mentally, physically, spiritually, and financially to take on those vicissitudes of life. So that when life inevitably does sucker punch me with an uppercut, hey, I'm not going to be getting counted out. I might need to take a nine count, but you can count on me to get back up. Now back to the book, the meat and potatoes subject of today's podcast. The book that Aunt Bev recommended to me, and I took notes during the conversation, she recommended me to me the book As a Man Thinketh by James Allen. Now check this out. Now, I love old-timey words, phrases, quotes, people, the greats, the goats, the people who have come before my time and laid a foundation of work, and their words and their wisdom are still ringing true to today, and that blows my mind. That fascinates me. What that means to me is that this information, this knowledge... All of the solutions to all of my problems, there, there has, it, it, these answers have been out there. I have just been blind to them. So it blows my mind when I discover, you know, a book such as this, As a Man Thinketh, was written in 1902, and they were talking about mindset then. Mindset is something that is not new, it has been since day one. We think that just because today there's people on YouTube and uh, making um, motivational videos, you know, these David Goggins, these Cameron Haynes, uh, these, man, just whoever's out there making videos, making podcasts about mindset stuff, that's nothing new. It is just one of those things where stuff like this needs to be said constantly and frequently because A... We didn't hear it the first time. B, we weren't paying attention. C, we just forgot. And D, we need to be reminded. Now, our daily stresses and our daily inconveniences and our daily responsibilities and duties and the burdens of of life, man, that can make us forget. It can... Uh, press us down and like I said man I want you to have that buff body mind spirit body and bank because life is going to be heavy we are going to need to be able to lift the heaviness of life so let me crack into this book because I want to share with you some of the wisdom Uh, one of the remarkable aspects of wisdom is that it is universally and timeless applicable And when I say universally, that means it can be applied to everyone. 
no matter your age, no matter your gender, no matter your education level, no matter your wealth, your health, your ability, it is universal and it's timeless. That means it can be applicable to Genghis Khan and Frank, your boy Ruby Rube, and you. And not only is it timeless, meaning that it's going to apply to all of these people before us in the past, it's going to be applicable to the people of today. And guess what? The people in the future is going to be applicable to them too. So, man, check it out. That's why you need to take the time to learn these things because it's universal and timeless. Wisdom transcends time, culture, and individual circumstances. So that means it's relevant to everyone. It doesn't matter your age, background, or current situation. Universal wisdom is timeless. It offers timeless principles and insights that can be applied at any point in life. So the wisdom that I have gained for myself as a 40-year-old man, because I had blinders on when I was 20, I might have heard some of this stuff before, but it went in one ear and out the other. Or it just completely went over my head. Wisdom, it will meet you where you're at. You have to have a maturity level to be able to hear something and then have it resonate with you. But because I had my blinders on and I was much dumber than what I currently am, I wasn't open to it. Now I'm like a sponge. I get it now. And as I move forward, I'm going to continually have my blinders removed because I'm in a pursuit of knowledge and wisdom and truth. So I am consistently knocking and asking and seeking and finding. And then, man, that's, that is just how you have a purposeful, meaningful life. Wisdom provides guidance and perspective, enabling individuals to make informed decisions, navigate challenges, and cultivate personal growth. It is a valuable resource that can be accessed and utilized by anyone who seeks it, offering a pathway to greater understanding. And when you have a greater understanding, that means you can do greater things. You know how to move. You know how the world works because... You have a greater understanding. You don't gain more wisdom and become dumber. And because you understand how to move, how the world works, you your life has more meaning, you're more fulfilled, and you have a more meaningful uh, journey throughout your life. You know what works from what doesn't work. Now, how can it be that James Allen, who was born in 1864, can create and write a book that is poetic, eloquent, and filled with timeless wisdom that can be applicable to anybody? How, how does that happen? Because here I am, a man in the future, half cyborg, but on the real, I am a male who is living in the year 2023 and influenced by a book, one of the many books that were that was written over a hundred years ago. 
There's books that are written thousands of years ago that are still applicable to today. So it makes you think. Now this book is about thoughts. The title of the book is called As a Man Thinketh. Now, our thoughts, they shape our actions because they influence our beliefs, attitudes, and perspectives. Positive thoughts can lead to motivated and constructive actions while negative thoughts can hinder progress. By cultivating positive and empowering thoughts, we can align our actions with our goals and aspirations, ultimately shaping our path to success and personal growth. Now, bad thoughts, they can influence us by creating negative emotions, limiting beliefs, and destructive behaviors. Now, because we have bad thoughts, that's going to lead to self-sabotage, a lower self-esteem, a diminished sense of well-being. And man, our bad thoughts can't produce good results. Bad thoughts produce bad results. Now, if you don't have too much time to read, don't worry. Boy, Ruby Rube has you back because I'm going to cover some of the insight that is contained within this book. But also, I'm going to encourage you to go out and get this book because it's only 90 pages. It's only 90 pages, and the font is pretty big. So, once again, this is just a condensed version of Timeless Wisdom. You don't need a hundred thousand words. You don't need a book that is thick as a, a a Harry Potter book with all you know thousand pages and a million words. This one is ninety. It's ninety pages and big font, but it is poignant and rich and compelling. So check this out. Into the book. James Allen writes: A man is literally what he thinks, his character being the complete sum of all his thoughts. Now, I like the part where it says, the complete sum of all his thoughts. Now, what that calls to me to do is, hey, what is the complete sum of my thoughts? Am I having more positive thoughts? Are my positive thoughts, are they of the highest quality thoughts or... Is the overall sum of my life more negative? Now, there might be days where I fluctuate between thinking more negatively and more positively. At least I have an awareness of being able to assess my day and the quality of my thoughts. If I'm not feeling well, if I am in a ruminating thought pattern I know what I have to do to get myself out I need to quickly try to turn things around here's another insightful uh, constructive sentence man is made or unmade by himself in the armory of thought he forges the weapons by which he destroys himself he, he also fashions the tools with which he builds for himself heavenly mansions of joy and strength and peace. As a being of power, intelligence, and love, 
and the lord of his own thoughts, man holds the key to every situation and contains within himself that transforming and regenerative agency by which he may make himself what he wills. Man is always the master, even in his weaker and most abandoned state. But in his weaknesses and degradation, he is the foolish master who misgoverns his household. It goes on to write, man, this is just some powerful stuff. And how much better are you going to be when you are reading this stuff, when you are thinking about it, and you have these thoughts bouncing around in your head? For example, let's let me plant some of these seeds in your mind right now. Mira, listen, turn it up. Only by much searching and mining are gold and diamonds obtained. And man can find every truth connected with his being if he will dig deep into the mind of his soul. Sheesh, man, is that poetic or what? I love how he says only by much searching and mining are gold and diamonds obtained. So you're not going to find gold and diamonds on the surface of things. Nope, you're going to have to dig and dig deep. And it goes on to write, Man can find every truth connected with his being if he will dig deep into the mind of his soul. Now, one of the ways that you can dig deep into yourself is go out and find some solitude. One of the ways that I do that is I go out on a long run. I go out on on a cycling route. You have to be by yourself because if you're having all of the extraneous noises that life can distract and fill your mind with a cacophony of discordance, you're never going to be able to find the focus that it takes to uncover and dig and find the diamonds and gold within your soul because you can find every truth that is connected with your being if you will dig into the mind of your soul. Sheesh. The book goes on to say, and that he is the maker of his character, the molder of his life. Let me rewind. It says right here that he is the maker of his character. So let's take accountability for who we are, what we have, why we think the thoughts that we have. It's not because of anybody else. I used to be that type of person. And sometimes when I am not acting in accordance with my higher beliefs, I can put the blame on someone else for making me feel a certain way. And that's something that I'm working on. So it's not anybody's fault that you have the money that you have, you have the body that you have, you have the assets that you have, you have the liabilities, the bills, the debts, that's all on you. Because after all, you are the molder of your life and the builder of your destiny. He may unerringly prove, if he will, if he will watch, control, and alter his thoughts, tracing their efforts upon himself, upon others, and upon his life and circumstances. Linking cause and effect by patient practice and investigation and utilizing his every experience, even to the most trivial everyday occurrence as a means of obtaining that knowledge of himself, which is understanding wisdom and power. So rewind. Let's rewind and dig into that. 
I like the part where it says you need to investigate. Be patient, practice, and investigate even the most trivial everyday occurrence. We might look at these things that we do that are trivial. Like, for example, hey, you know, drinking a soda, drinking a beer, smoking a blunt. You know, those have become mundane and trivial. Those vices, it's just something that we do. Or, you know, spending time neglecting your highest level values and virtues for a trivial crossword puzzle. Or neglecting one thing that you know you should be doing for another low-value task. So you even need to analyze your most trivial things. And a lot of people, because I used to be like this, so I can attest to this mindset to where you didn't think that the little small things that you were doing was a big deal. But if you do it every day, those days turn into weeks Weeks turn into months, months turn into years, and years turn into decades, and decades turn into your life. So those little trivial things, they're not so trivial after all. And essentially what he's saying is that the small daily things add up. The good things add up and the bad things add up. So we need to take inventory on the things that are accumulating for us and against us. And who wouldn't want to gain some clarity into their life and find out with an absolute profundity that, hey, this works and this doesn't work. Who wouldn't want to arrive at that absolute answer? I'd say someone who is neglectful, someone who is irresponsible, someone who is blind, someone who is dim, someone who is not courageous enough, someone who is not taking accountability or responsible responsibility for them circumstances. Someone who is just adrift in life. Let's just put it like that. But people like you and me, the listeners of the Gathering Strength podcast, we move with intention, with purpose. And direction. Everything we do is to accumulate strength. The book goes on to read He that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. For only by patience, practice, and ceaseless importunity can a man enter the door of the temple of knowledge. So once again, he's throwing some verbs out there. You need to seek and you need to knock. Uh, sounds like a um, his own little interpretation of the biblical scripture. So, yeah, that is a... It sounds like his interpretation of the biblical quote about knocking, seeking, and asking. And it can be found in Matthew 7, 7 through 8. And that biblical quote says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. And that passage highlights the encouragement to actively seek and persistently ask for what is needed. 
emphasizing the, uh, the assurance that God responds to those who earnestly seek him and seek his guidance, provision, and wisdom. So that's something that I'm going to encourage you to do is knock, seek, and ask. James Allen continues to write, A particular train of thought persisted in, be it good or bad, cannot fail to produce its results on the character and circumstances. A man cannot directly choose his circumstances, but he can choose his thoughts, and so indirectly, yet surely, shape his circumstances. Let a man cease from his sinful thoughts, and all the world will soften towards him and be ready to help him. Let him put away his weakly and sickly thoughts, and low opportunities will spring up on every hand to aid his strong resolves. Let him encourage good thoughts, and no hard fate shall bind him down to wretchedness and shame. So within this book, he writes a little poem and I'm going to try to commit this one to memory it is it, well I'm not going to say it's a long poem but this is just two sentences within this poem that I'm going to try to commit to memory because when I read it I was like man that is bad ass so check it out I'm going to hit y'all right now with the profundity and the eloquency 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 yep because it's Eloquent. Eloquency. If that's not a word, I'm going to coin it right now. And if you understand what I'm trying to say, then I'm going to argue that that is a word. Alright, back to the book. James Allen writes, The human will, that force unseen, the offspring of a deathless soul can hew away to any goal the walls of granite intervene now after I read that I shortly went after uh, to my son and I, I read it to him and I was like hey son what, what do you think that that means and he's only 10 so obviously his maturity level it's not up to par with mine but hey as a father I tried to expose him to Things that are of a higher caliber, of a higher nature. Because, hey, eventually one day, that little seed that I sowed into him by reading him this eloquent excerpt from a poem, one day that's going to bear fruit. So the human will, we all have a will, willpower, discipline, or lack thereof. And according to James Allen, it says that that is a force... That is unseen. You can't see your willpower. Maybe you can. Maybe you can't. I don't know. If you see someone who is 600 pounds, 1,000 pounds, whatever. You know, just someone who is greatly obese. I think, I don't know. You can kind of see their willpower or the lack thereof. But anyways, the willpower, he says that it is the offspring of a deathless soul. Now, some people, they might argue that, hey, we don't have souls. We're just atoms, and we're just a body, and when we die, we die. I'm going to beg the differ. And I think on the contrary, I think that we have 
a deathless soul that is going to spend eternity in one of two places, heaven or hell. Now that human will that he was talking about, that's something that you can't see, and is the, it is the offspring of a deathless soul. And then he goes on to write, can hew away to any goal, the walls of granite intervene. Now, what he is saying there is that our internal willpower, that is the offspring of a powerful soul, it can chew away to any goal. It doesn't matter what it is. You want to stop smoking cigarettes? You have a force that is not seen, that is given to you by a deathless soul, and that is your human willpower. And it can chew away to that goal, even though walls of granite intervene, even though obstacles, even though it's going to be hard, persistently showing up and doing your due diligence and fighting and clawing and chasing down what you want, knocking and seeking and asking for the wisdom, though walls of granite intervene, you're going to get what you're going after. James Allen continues to write, At the bidding of unlawful thoughts, the body sinks rapidly into disease and decay. At the command of glad and beautiful thoughts, it becomes clothed with youthfulness and beauty. I'm going to hit you guys with one last excerpt. And then, man, I, you know what? I got things to do. Come on. I got chores. I can't be making podcasts for you guys all day, but potentially I could if you want to go ahead and send me some of that Dogecoin, click on my link tree and send me some of that Venmo. Maybe we, maybe I'll make these a little bit longer, but until then, one last thing before we depart. The weakest soul, knowing its own weakness and believing this truth, that strength can only be developed by effort and practice will, thus believing, at once begin to exert itself, and, adding effort to effort, patience to patience, and strength to strength, will never cease to develop, and will at last grow divinely strong. As the, filiki, as, as the physically weak man can make himself strong by careful and patient training, so the man of weak thoughts can make them strong by exercising himself in right thinking. To put away aimlessness and weakness and to begin to think with purpose is to enter the ranks of those strong ones who only recognize failure as one of the pathways to attainment, who will make all conditions serve them, and who think strongly, attempt fearlessly, and accomplish masterfully. Nowhere in this book does it say that, hey, you will get ahead by staying in your comfort zone, by chilling out, by being satisfied with your weaknesses, by being weak, whack, and a wankster. Nope, this book is about keeping it real, getting down to the nitty-gritty, figuring yourself out, digging in, getting after it, and trying, and ceaselessly trying, never giving up, pursuing so when I reflect on my life, those are some of the things that I have done to get me to where I'm at. And Booker T. Washington, 
the illiterate slave boy who parlayed his freedom all the way to giving speeches before thousands of people, giving speeches before kings and queens and royalty and being a presidential advisor to multiple presidents. That man went from one end of the spectrum all the way to the other. And he has a great quote that resonated with me because he said, it doesn't matter where you end up. It matters how far you have come. Now, when I reflect and think on that, it essentially is broken down like this. You can start at the top, being born into a celebrity lifestyle to where you have the mansions, the millions of dollars, access, resources, unlimited everything. And you can just stay at that level. You don't do anything to improve your situation. You just, that's just something you inherited and you stay there. Meanwhile, you know, people can start being, start at the bottom, in the gutter, being born to crackheads and heroin addicts and alcoholics. And then they can rise up to become a doctor, a lawyer, a high-ranking military official, or someone who just breaks those mindsets that were self-sabotaging. And it's not about having the millions of dollars or the fame or balling out with Gucci watches or this and that. It is about just arriving in a mindset to where you're no longer taking losses because you understand that a loss or a failure or a shortcoming is just part of the process to attaining a higher level of understanding. And if you're not failing at something, maybe you're not trying hard enough. If you are not putting the proper stress on your mind, body, and your spirit to strengthen them, then what are you doing? You're not, you're not challenging yourself. You need to step out of your comfort zones. The human spectrum... Now, right, right now, you can't see me, but I have my arms extended out. All the way on my left-hand side is being easy and then going all the way to the right hand. Now, that's hard and tough, right? That is pushing our boundaries. Now, we always just live our lives somewhere right in the middle. But there's this whole spectrum of the human condition that we are made to feel and push through. Now, I have lived my life taking the easy way, living on my left hand where it is easy, easy come, easy go, living in excess, doing things that were were self-sabotaging status quo, not learning from my mistakes, beating my head up against the wall, and I have been able to traverse into the right hand And that's where I'm pushing the boundaries. That's where I'm mentally pushing myself, physically pushing myself, spiritually pushing myself, financially pushing myself. I am taking risk, calculated, educated risk, in hopes to solve and experience some of these lessons in life that if I wouldn't have tried... I wouldn't have experienced anything. I'd be living a soft life. Now that's not something that you want. 
You don't want to live in your comfort zone. You need to try new things. You need to try some of that that hot that hot salsa. Anyways, until next time, I hope that you go out and read this book because when you have these thoughts bouncing around in your mind, it can't do anything other than help you out. As a Man Thinketh, written in 1902 by James Allen. Go out and get it. If you have read the book, drop me a comment and let me know what you think about it. If you made it to the end of this podcast, right on. Thank you. And don't forget to give me a like, a subscribe, and a follow. And until next time, it's onward, always onward.